0: That's ixl.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to also mention real quick that it is the start of the school year. Some of you are going back to work this week. Some of you have already been back. Some of you never even left. And I want to take a moment to invite you to join the mastermind where I know your job is a lonely job. And I know that it's challenging and I want to be there to be a support for you. And I want to help you to be able to do all that you hope you can do this year. Uh, so go to transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about how I can help you be the best principal possible. Thanks so much. And here's the interview. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 289. No, 290. Ooh, I think I said it right in my interview with her, but episode 290. I'm excited to talk with Jennifer Larson, and we're going to talk about a unique problem, which is parent and family communication. When my daughter started attending my school this last year, I was blown away by the communication that was coming from my teachers that I didn't even know was happening and the different avenues, and so many different things. So I think that you're going to enjoy this interview because she gives some really solid advice for how to look at it and how to make some decisions about what to do with your communication to your family. So really great conversation with Jennifer Larson. She is at Startup Jen on Twitter, and make sure you check out the show notes for links to School Buzz and her Hive Digital Minds company as well. So Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principal, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Welcome to Transformative Principal. This is episode 290, and I am excited to be here with Jennifer Larson, who is the co founder and CEO of Hive Digital Minds, which creates School Buzz, which is a parent and school communication platform. Jennifer, welcome to Transformative Principal, and thank you so much. For being part of the show today,
1: thanks for having me.
0: So I'm excited to talk to you because, as we were introduced, I expressed that I've been often frustrated with how difficult it is to engage parents, and you said, "Yep, I know exactly how that feels." So let's talk a little bit first about what brought you to this point of of creating this company and how you aim to solve the problem of schools communicating with families.
1: Sure. So really, this started out of personal frustration. So I have four kids and they're now 18, 16, 12, and 10. But if, you know, we kind of rewind a little bit, I would say that this started probably a good four or five years ago. All my kids in school and actually at the time all four were at the same school. So it was before my oldest was was in the high school. And I just got to the point where I think between Schools having websites and emails and newsletters. And then there was this, you know, social media was just taking off. And I think a lot of schools and teachers started experimenting with with some of the social media and messaging apps that were coming up. I just as a parent got completely overwhelmed. I was trying to be, I was trying to stay caught up on kind of what was happening with with each of my kiddos. And, you know, whether it was the younger ones, probably a little bit more in the weeds on, on assignments and trying to help them with homework when they were home. But My older kids, it was probably more about what was happening with with sports and clubs and things that they were doing outside of school, and 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 I just I got to the point that I couldn't keep up, and we started to we actually started to miss things, and I happened to be going back to grad school at the time, so I I recognized it was a very busy time of our life as well, but I just you know we missed an orchestra performance, we got a a very last minute notice about a costume that one of the younger kids needed, and and I kind of just looked at it and and said, oh my gosh, there's just There's just got to be a better way. My background out of college was in software. And just coincidentally, we were doing a lot of business-to-business communications. And so I had seen some of the tools that were used kind of on the software and the tech side. And so I thought through some of that a little bit. And and I looked at what we were struggling with here, what I was personally struggling with um, when it came to me trying to stay connected with what was happening at school. And I just figured there had to be a better way to do this. So I just started having conversations with other parents to see how were they managing this? Was I the only one that was, you know, just completely overwhelmed because maybe I was too busy or because I had four kids or, and the more parents I talked to, the more they kind of started to validate that this, this problem of trying to stay connected was, was felt pretty broadly. And so I was in grad school at the time. So that's when we just really started to dig in and said, okay, let's get beyond just you know, this is an issue that I think I'm having and now, you know, parents in my local community, but how can we start kind of doing some surveys and really kind of broadening the conversations we're having with other parents to really understand what their needs are? And then the flip side of that, let's start talking to schools and see how do they feel? Like, how do the teachers feel on a basis with, with how they're pushing information out? And, and is there something that we can do to, to try to make things a little simpler and a little easier? So that's kind of how the whole thing kicked off. And we've been now pretty heads down for the last couple of years building out our platform.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, One of the things that really resonated with me is that you got uh, overwhelmed and felt like you couldn't keep up. And one of the things, one of the pieces of advice that I've given many times on this podcast is that as uh, schools, it's our duty to be everywhere so that parents don't miss out on what we are doing and, it sounds like with so many different avenues of communication that maybe that is, from a parent's perspective, uh, too much and too complex. Is that, is that what I'm reading into that correctly? Or is, do you have something else to say about that?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. And I think there's two things that play into that. One is that I think this shift towards more personalized learning for students, if you look at one student in a school they typically have a pretty broad network of, of teachers and educators that are supporting them from their core classroom teacher. Um, if they're middle school or high school, they obviously probably have seven or eight teachers. But even at the elementary school level, we're seeing kids that are, you know, pulled out for different math and reading groups, or maybe they're pulled out for special classes or other special programs. And so even just as a parent trying to stay connected with, with all the folks that support my child at school, it can, it can easily be seven, eight, nine different teachers. So if you look at that, there's, there's a lot of people that are involved. And then I think second to that is is there's an abundance of tools that are out there right now. And I think especially a lot of the freemium tools, it makes it really easy, I think, as a teacher to say, you know what, this one over here works great for me. Let me try that and let me use that. But then if you look at it from the parent's point, it's like, oh, my gosh, if each one of my teachers is using a different tool, not to mention the PTOs probably got something going on and the office. This is probably pushing out a newsletter or something like that. Or, you know, all of a sudden the parent has, has almost too many places to check. And what we started to hear from parents, which, you know, made me a little bit uneasy is they were, they, were, they were starting to shut down. They're like, I don't even read this anymore. I don't even look at that. I'm assuming if something's going on, the teacher's going to contact me directly because I can't keep up. And so we started to see the parent behavior shifting a little bit to where they're just kind of closing off. And the downside there is we know that the school to your point is is spending a lot of time to make sure they're pushing the information out and they're pushing messages out sometimes the same message in multiple formats so they're really going out of their way to try to get the information out parents want it but they're just so overwhelmed with with where to find it so there's just this disconnect on kind of how it lines up both parent and teacher want to communicate so so that's what we've been trying to help schools and districts with is how can we kind of look at what you're doing right now and can we help you simplify and kind of build a whole strategy around it so that the right information is getting to the right person.
0: So one of the suggestions that I've made before is that, that schools have a, a single place that directs everybody that everybody goes back to. So whether that's the website or a, like the official website or a separate Website that's just for information, or a Facebook page, or something where everything somebody knows that no matter what they need, they can always go back to one place. Is that a philosophy or approach that is helpful to parents in your research, or does it need to be more customized so that the information is going directly to them?
1: I think yes to both. From the standpoint of parents, really want to know what is the the one or maybe even two or three, you know, if you could boil it all down to one, that would be awesome. I don't know that that's truly realistic today. You kind of have grades living in one place, uh, which might be separate from, say, kind of the updates and the assignments and some of the more general information that's getting pushed out. But I think parents are looking for, you know, one, two, maybe three spots at the most that they know where the key information is. And I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest points that I try to get leaders to understand is, is looking at the audience a little bit differently and, and separating out your tools from, you know, to me, a website is, is a public-facing tool. It's a great, almost almost like a marketing tool to recruit new families, to recruit new employees. Um, it may also be used to recruit donors. But there's, there's a set of tools that are really good for that public-facing information. And those are the websites or the social media but parents today, what we hear continuously, they don't want to navigate through a school website a whole lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've got a smartphone in their pocket. They're connected 24-7. They're used to being on social media and getting alerted and notified when things are happening. And a lot of websites today can be difficult to navigate on, on your phone, especially if you have to dig through a couple you know, layers of pages to find what you're looking for. So a lot of times what we'll try to coach coach schools on is is figure out what information you want to share with the public. So not just your families enrolled at school, but the, the community at large, put that stuff on your website and your and your social media pages, and then find a tool, you know, or a couple of tools that work really well for your enrolled family, because you know who they are, you know who their students are, you know what classes and clubs and groups they're enrolled in, and can you build a communication strategy that Gets information to that group a little bit more frequently, and that's typically going to end up being, you know, these days it probably ends up being an app of some sort to get to the parents to, so that they can get notified of what's happening and what's changing, and and really trying to separate those two, I think, is ideal.
0: I really like that approach. I think that we think that everybody is our audience too often, and the website, like you said, is good for letting people know about us who who aren't involved with us day to day, but those who are involved with us day to day. We should know them, right? And they shouldn't be some unknown entity, and we should be personable with them and, and understand how to do that. So, what are some of your pieces of advice for how to be more connected to them? And, you know, you said build a communication strategy. What does that actually look like from your perspective?
1: So, a lot of it from the beginning, you know, a lot of times you might just have to start with just looking at all the different communication tools that you use right now. So almost doing some type of a communications audit audit is kind of a great place to start around what are all the different software systems that you use and, and which of those have information that a parent might want access to, you know, because all schools have a student information system of some sort. A lot of them today are using some type of a learning management system as well. And then there might be, you know, emails and maybe there's even flyers going home in backpacks and messaging apps. And, and if you can do kind of a, a bird's eye view of all the tools that are being used and then see where there's overlap um, in what's being shared with parents and, and try to condense that down to a smaller list. And I don't know, you know, I, it's one of those where I think sometimes we talk to school leaders and they're like, okay, so they just, you know, let's just flip the switch and just change it all up, you know, this first year. I think what we've realized is sometimes it it needs to be almost a multi-year strategy. So this isn't a quick process necessarily, but I think if you can, talking to parents is is hugely important through this process because you may have some that love, love, love your school newsletter. And it may be a 10 page email that you're pushing out every other week, but it's, it's maybe 5% of your population. And if you decide to remove that because you want to get focused on other things, you know, there's a learning curve there to bring those parents along to the other tools. So I think, you know, first looking at, at what you are using and, and mapping out kind of a where you want to be, you know, this year, the next year, and then, and then filling in the blanks of how do you get there from here to there. We've seen where like a, a school accountability community or even a parent-teacher group can be really effective in helping to get the word out on what's working or what's changing, even giving you feedback on, on what they feel are, are the tools that the parents really want to use. But it becomes, it becomes a process or a program like anything else that you kind of roll out to the school and continue to get feedback along the way as well.
0: So a lot of the listeners to this podcast are in Title I schools and dealing with families that don't have the time or the means or the opportunity to be able to come into the school regularly and be part of those uh, you know, parent advisory committees and whatnot. How do you suggest we engage with them in a way that is effective and also respectful of their situation and, and what their life is like so that, you know, we're not bombarding them with, you know, what what we need, but really giving them the useful information and getting their feedback?
1: So I think that's a great question. And it's, it's one of the things that I, I've been talking to a lot of folks on because I think sometimes when schools jump into parent engagement, they end up meeting the needs of the parents that were probably already super active and, and spending a couple hours a week to try to keep up with communication and whatnot. And I think I think there is a huge gap right now of of parent engagement is about giving every parent the opportunity and not just the small group that appears to be more active and can show up for parent-teacher conferences and whatnot. So to answer your question, I think there's a couple different things to look at um, when you're looking at at all the parents that are involved in your school. I think one of the challenges we see is around what the native language is what language is spoken at home and if the majority of your parents are not speaking English is there are you what are you doing to make sure that the information is being translated and made available to to parents you know a lot of the the apps that are out there today have some type of a translate feature in it I know it's not it's not perfect. A lot of it is, is kind of like a straight translation, but I think it at least it's a start. Um, and we have a lot of room to grow there. But but that's one way of of trying to make sure that you have information getting sent home to parents in their native language. I think the second one too is to really understand your family and the devices that they're using. We've done some consulting here in Aurora, um, Colorado, and what we learned was that most of the families didn't have computers at home necessarily, but they did all have phones. And so that drove a big push to say, let's make sure everything we do is easy to read and easy to understand on the phone because the parents aren't typically sitting down at a computer to dig through a website or something like that. So knowing kind of the devices that exist as well. And then I think you bring up a really good point around time. How much time does somebody truly have to spend on keeping up with what's happening at school and supporting their child. And I think that's going to vary from school to school. It's going to vary from family to family. But I think as, as school leaders and teachers, really knowing kind of what those characteristics are, the families at your school, helps you then pick the right tool and the right communication methods that work for you. Because I totally understand that that not every parent can physically like be present at a school, whether it's a work schedule or taking care of a family member. There's there's so many different situations that families are dealing with, and I think it's it's really important for for teachers and school leaders to recognize that and and to try to find ways to keep parents engaged even if they're not physically there and, and engaged. You know, this is kind of a whole other rabbit hole I could go down, but but an engagement in my mind does not necessarily mean that a parent is showing up. Um, engagement, parent engagement, to our company really is about making sure that the families understand the value of education, and the student can see that you know there's a reason why I'm going to school, and it's important to it's important to my family. Engagement is also just the family knowing at a high level kind of what's happening, so so that they can be sure that their student is getting the support that they need and. You know, the school may recognize that, you know, this family has, you know, whatever may be happening at home and maybe the parents are only, you know, aren't available to to sit down with the child with homework every night. If that's the case, you know, are there other resources that might exist at the school through a community mentorship program? Um, or something like that, that if we're all connected and kind of all aware of what's happening, then we can start to pull in those resources as needed um, so the students have the support that they need. So those are kind of like understanding. and, And I know there's a lot of surveys that are done kind of at the beginning of the school year. I know there's some schools that are really good about doing home visits at the beginning of the school year to try to understand what all those different variables are. I think the beginning of the school year is the time where you really start to learn what some of those um, characteristics are. So that's super important to figure those out and starting to build that relationship right out of the gate. Because re- with relationships come trust. And I think then there's there's a little bit more sharing that can happen um, so that schools really know what the right means of communication is. That was a very long answer to that question, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's all right. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, I, I do want to circle back to one idea that you had, that parent engagement is not just about you know, making sure the families are there, but about making sure they understand the value of education. And to me, taking that approach is, is really valuable because parent engagement doesn't mean that the parents are showing up. It means that they are invested and enrolled in the process of their child learning and becoming a successful adult. And so that looks different for a lot of different people. And, you know, they're helicopter parents and then there are parents who are Work in three jobs and aren't around, and then there are parents who just aren't around period and so and and everything in between and and beyond all those extremes also and so being able to like have that high level overview and and be able to help and keep parents engaged in that regard is really taking a different look than what we typically think because in schools that that I've worked at, the idea of how's your parent engagement? is really a question of how many parents came to parent teacher conferences at the school during two nights out of the semester and how many parents came to activities that you know you were putting on at the school and there's so much more to it than just parents showing up at the school and I really appreciate that you emphasize that because I think that that is is just so vital that we have to recognize that it's not just about parents being in the school and ironically, we also hear educators complain about parents who are in the school too much, right? <laughs> and so, right, right. It's, it's funny how there's there's both sides of that coin.
1: I was just going to say, yeah. So I was a founder of two charter schools out here in Colorado, and um, I don't know if this is in other states as well, but Colorado typically with their charter schools, they put in this little clause that say, if you're going to come to our school, we want to know that you're putting at least X number of hours of of time into the school, and and the majority of those volunteer hours are, are on site at the school type projects. And so it's, yeah, there's a little bit, you know, and as a founder, I'm kind of, you know, I was part of like the development of that policy. So I get that I'm saying one thing and, and, or kind of two different things here, but, you know, there's a piece of that where you want parents to know the importance of, of being involved, but at the same time, you, you really do have to recognize that just because a parent is showing up for classroom parties, how engaged are they at home around really kind of supporting the child and and finding them quiet spaces to do homework and and things like that that are super important. So I think the, I use involvement versus engagement. I don't know if those are really the two right words, but those are the ones we flip between to kind of differentiate between those two. But yeah, I do think it's it's super important because there's a lot of parents out there that want to be engaged. And I think they just don't know how necessarily because they feel like since they can't physically show up that therefore they're, you know they may be they're just not able to support their child as well and i think that's not the message at all that we want to send i think we want parents to know that there's plenty of things that they can be doing you know outside the classroom that that will benefit their child as well
0: absolutely and in my interview with Seth Godin a couple of years ago on this podcast he mentioned that that term that he uses is enrollment and i've adopted that myself as well because i think that it really does define that you are choosing to be part of the process. And, you know, no parent wants their kid to be a dummy. No parent wants their kid to not be successful. And so for us to make any assumptions, otherwise, every parent wants that. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Nobody wants their kid to be a failure. So they want to be enrolled and be engaged and be involved and do all those things. But some don't have the skills, some don't have the time, some don't have the means and all that kind of stuff. And so what we need to do, I believe, is make a way for everybody to be enrolled, which means that they are choosing to be part of that process, which is you know, the simple definition of that. So one other thing that I wanted to go back to is the idea of home visits. That is something that we did in my school. And I got to tell you, it was the best thing in the world. And I've heard people say that They they do home visits so they have empathy for the kids and see where kids come from. And what we wanted to ensure was that the families knew that we cared enough about them, that we wanted to go to them and be at their home to say, we care about you. Not to like see what kind of conditions they live in, but really to make an effort on our part to say, we're going to come and be there for you, just like we expect you to come and be there for us. And not that, you know, it's not a, you know, quid quid, pro quo or anything like that, but it's just, we care enough that we're going to leave our, you know, secure home at the the school and come out and, and visit you. And the first year that we did that was, you know, it was cool. But then the next year, we really saw the changes in our school community. And, you know, we had one parent who was waiting, who took an all night flight to get back to home and then didn't let her kids go to bed because she knew we were coming to visit their home that day. Cause we were, we put it out and she's like, I didn't let my kids go to sleep and they're exhausted, but we just wanted to make sure that we saw you and you saw us and we're so excited for school and like that kind of stuff. Like that just pays such dividends when you can really connect with people on a real level like that. So now that was my long answer, but, <laughs> but yeah. when you have those opportunities, what other benefits do you see besides just knowing each other better and people feeling like they're part of the community.
1: Well, I think there's so many benefits to building those strong relationships. I mean, I think, you know, it says a lot to a family if if a teacher or a school leader is going to going to come visit them at home because they want to, you know, kind of build that relationship and start it off on the right foot. But just even school culture as as a whole, I mean, this starts to tie into that where you know, I kind of always say communication is kind of the the thread or the glue between, you know, what's happening at your school with the different programs you're doing and the families you have. And and if you have a good communication system and you have parents that are engaged, I mean, you just, everybody knows everybody. There's there's a much more positive kind of buzz to the school. And it goes a long way as far as retention and, and employee retention and your staff wanting to come back every year, your families wanting to come back every year. You know, as much as schools probably are starting to do a little bit more on the on the marketing side, as far as outreach and trying to attract new families, if you have really happy families and staff at your school, there's no better testimonial to other prospective families that may want to come in. So, I think the benefits just just grow almost exponentially when you can really build that those relationships um, right out of the gate and continue to develop them um, over the year.
0: That was powerful, Jennifer. Happy families are great ambassadors for sure. Um, My last question for uh, each interview is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you, Jennifer?
1: Oh, okay. One thing. I'm going to have to like ramble for a minute. I, I have too many ideas flying through my head, you know, so let me just boil it all down to, I think it all comes down to communication and I think the one thing if they could do this week is it's probably just connect with each of their teachers and staff members. and and this isn't even the parent side of it. But I think communication and that strategy, it starts at the top. And if the principal has a good relationship with their staff um, and all their educators, then that'll empower those individuals to have, you know, have the same type of outreach and communication with their students and their families. So, Right now today, with it being the very start of the school year, and I know everybody's staff is all trying to come back, I think the more that the principal can have great relationships with just the internal staff to begin with, that will then carry through um, and start to lead towards some positive steps to engage the rest of the community uh, moving forward.
0: I think that is great idea. Uh, a great idea, focusing on communication, connecting with people. It totally does start at the top. Thank you so much. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can people connect with you?
1: So we have two websites that you can go to and all of our contact information is on there. So um, the company is Hive Digital Minds and that website is com. And then our product is School Buzz and you can go to School Buzz. It's just com. Those are the two websites with all the contact information. And then I'm also on Twitter. My personal Twitter handle is Startup Jen, just J-E-N. And you can, anybody can reach out to me on there as well.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. It was awesome to talk with you, and I hope that uh, some people will reassess their uh, communication strategies for their families this coming year. Thank you again.
1: Thank you. Great questions. Really enjoyed it.
0: Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments, you can do it all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time.